0: Hey guys, so quick disclaimer for the episode that you are about to listen to. When I was in LA a couple of months ago, I got the opportunity and privilege to interview my friend and actress Cassie Skirbo. I was not prepared with all of my recording equipment, so unfortunately, the sound quality for this episode is not the best. Please ignore and forgive that, because it is still an amazing episode, and I hope you will still enjoy it hey guys this is desi and welcome back to my podcast candle in a dark room so today i have a very special guest whose name is cassie Skurbo. you will know her from make it or break it it used to be on freeform she's also known for sharknado and most recently grand hotel on abc cassie welcome to my podcast
1: thank you for having me
0: of course so the reason i wanted cassie on here is she's along with being an actress, model, activist, <laughs> everything that she is. Girl wears like a million shoes. <laughs> um, she is also the vice president of Buddha Bullying, which is an anti-bullying campaign. So will you kind of, you know, start from the beginning yeah. and let us know your story and how you kind of got here today?
1: Yeah, I feel like, you know, everybody has dealt with some form of bullying. I used to say everybody's dealt with some form of bullying or they know somebody, but I really genuine, genuinely believe a feeling of isolation or hate or sadness or whatever it may be, even if it's self-bullying, I feel like that can really resonate with anyone. Mm-hmm. I had my my share of bullying in high school. Statistically, girls are the worst. Female-on-female female bullying is the number one kind of bullying. So I, mm-hmm. you know, I had people that were making fun of me simply because I wanted to be an actress and because I'd be taken out of school a lot, to go on auditions or do this or do that, and um, girls were just cruel. They were mean to me. I spent a couple lunches, you know, and in, in bathroom stalls and silly things like that. I never had one, you know, very traumatizing experience uh, in particular when it comes to bullying. But it was when I played the bully right. on ABC Family's Make It or Break It that I realized I want to do more because now I'm seeing it from this side of the spectrum. I'd like to think that. I wasn't a bully growing up. I, mean, I You know, we, I feel like a lot of a self-bully. So I do I right. a little self-bullying. I still do working on it. But um, yeah. I wasn't really ever the bully. So I'm like, this is so interesting playing this character. Because, because I, you
0: played it so well. Also. <laughs> and it's so funny, like, sitting here with you. Because I totally was lo- into that show. Like, every week oh, I would I watch it, that. turn it on. And never, you know, I, I thought I would sit here with you. But you played it so well. And also in... Uh, what was that other one? The cheerleader one. Bring, Bring it on, all or nothing. Why do you
1: always play the mean girl? <laughs> Everybody was <laughs> right. like, "Why do you always play the mean girl?" And it's so funny because a writer once told me on on the show she was, and this has stuck with me. The nicest girls play mean girls the best because it's not like they're having to live their truth. They're you know they're not you don't feel necessarily bad. You're just literally stepping into other shoes. You're not like having to relive something that you did that was really bad to people Mm -hmm. or whatever it It may be. It's like, yeah, it's like, you're just, you're totally getting into the role. You're not ripping off any band-aids and you're getting to explore a whole new path. And I had so much fun with it. Like I just found those characters to be, obviously bullying is not okay. Right. (laughs) I'm the first person to say that, but they were very layered characters to play. And what I realized when I did make it or break it was that this girl was hurting. I'm so blessed and fortunate to have grown up in an incredible family situation. You mm-hmm. know, my parents are still married. They just had their 40th
0: I know. That's awesome. And that's yeah, you know, so I'm cool.
1: just one of those people that is very fortunate. And I recognize that. I've had a wonderful foundation, um, you know, growing up. But this girl didn't. You know, her mom was addicted to drugs. She um, left her and her father at a very young age. Her father was extremely tough on her. And, you know, it put her under, it, it made her feel a lot of stress and, she rebelled by acting out towards other females and, and just she became super competitive and catty and, you know, a multitude of things. But basically it allowed me to realize that, you know, wow, and that people, you know, because I had been bullied growing up and I even dealt with like some weird stalker stuff like back when AIM was a thing and mm. I was like, those people were probably going through something. Like right. it would be so neat to use my platform and use this character, this bully character, that I'm playing to use this as an opportunity to speak, not only to the people who are being bullied, but to the bullies and um, to just open up a conversation, to break the silence. Because I think at the end of the day, the worst feeling in the world is feeling isolated. I think that's when people fall into, I think that's when people wind up bullying. And I think that's when people who are being bullied become more susceptible to self-harming and suicide and just feeling alone and feeling isolated. There's no worse feeling in the world. And that's very much how that character felt. Mm-hmm. And it just really opened my eyes. So right around that time period, a woman had approached me at an event and you know was telling me about this organization. They weren't even a 501c3 yet. They were working to get their 501c3 and they were so excited about this more so campaign at the time. And, I was like, this is this is my calling. This is what I've wanted. Like, absolutely. And I started off with Buddha Bullying as their girls youth ambassador and wound up raising a good amount of money towards the organization and towards their programming and their art therapy mentorship school programs. Started coming out to Palm Springs and speaking at the at the programs. And like never in my wildest dreams that I think that, that I would be holding the title of vice president. And that's not something <laughs> I necessarily planned, you know, of a charity. But it's been a learning process, and I'm really happy that I've had this outlet on the side, especially because, you know, you were there and I spoke on that panel. Right. I just think LA is a crazy place, so, like, personally, it's been a very nice escape for me. But it just came at such an important time, and through the years, I worked my w- my way up to vice presidency of the charity. <laughs> vice presidency? Yes. Vice president of the charity. And that's really what we, what we focus on now, and we've really perfected these school programs. It's about going in, and it's about changing the climate and just making people aware of all of these different scenarios, opening up, you know, people's eyes to make them realize that, hey, maybe the person that's bullying you has something going on in their life. You know, no one is alone. We've all got our our shit. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, I don't say that word to the kids, but it's true, we do, and um, it's just about really breaking the silence and also teaching them about the importance of eradicating self-bullying, as I was saying, Mm -hmm. because we don't think of that term. I didn't even start thinking about it until maybe a year ago. I thought about, you know, self-love and all these other things that we need to do for ourselves, but I never thought of, wow, what are all these disservices that we do to ourselves Mm -hmm. on a daily basis, and as Anna Lynn was saying, you know, if you... If the person if that voice inside of your head mm-hmm. was a person would you be friends with that person right Something like yeah that, you, know? you know and it's,
0: it's true because like you said if i if my brain came out as a person i would be like she is a bitch you she's know crazy. like she's a crazy bitch like she i would not want to be friends well, with. well i'll tell you what you know? i do
1: not think that you were crazy <laughs> well maybe not. back in the day when i was
0: you know a real big bully to myself mm-hmm. like you said you know i wasn't a bully but i was bullied and so that made me a really big bully to myself and so the fact that you yes and the fact that you bring awareness to that for adolescents and kids i think is so big because they don't have someone it's not a very big thing in the world especially society nowadays hollywood all of that to talk about that kind of stuff so i think it's cool coming from someone like you who is in hollywood who deals with these things And especially because you know, Evie and Annalyn have both been like, you know, LA is like known for this kind of stuff, you know, bullying and things like that. And not necessarily like people are trying to be, it's just what it is with the business.
1: It's a tough industry and everybody's very, I don't know, in it for themselves, honestly. Yeah. And at times I understand, but there's a way to be very eager and hungry but there's also a way for everyone else to succeed, right? There's room for everyone. Yes. Yes. People forget that here. And you know, that's a whole nother thing. But um, yeah, I mean, like in the school system, it really, like, this is something that is so needed and it's really cool because, you know, if we have an athlete come in or a male actor or myself, or we've had like fashion bloggers, the kids really look up to these people. It's Mm -hmm. really sweet and endearing. And What's so cool is that we open up by telling our story. So immediately right. we create a safe space where they feel like, wow, really everyone has gone through this. You know, this right. person I look up to or that person. Because people
0: probably look at you and are like, she's beautiful. She has it all, this <laughs> and that. But really, like you said, you um, people yeah, don't understand really the pain that. that you've gone through and mm-hmm. you go through with yourself.
1: I mean, I talked to you. I'm, for everyone listening, I keep <laughs> saying, at this thing, I met Desi at the Badass studios yes. in Entertainment Yes, that's panel. what it was and it was Viva Bianca Annalyn and myself and it was for Unleash so yes, yeah, that's the behind right I was talking man. a lot about the fact that I've mean, I never talked about this in the past and I don't know why cuz like at the end of the day I think we just take Take everything too seriously. Like mm-hmm. nobody's normal. Nobody. We're right. all a little weird. Yeah, we're all off. Like <laughs> it's we're true. human beings, just like trying to figure out life on this planet. Yes, Everyone's for normal. sure. No one's completely normal. Whatever that word.
0: No one it has is. it figured out.
1: No. So I'm like, why did I used to not talk about this? The fact that I've suffered anxiety and like some, you know, severe bouts of OCD here and there. Just and, and sometimes, if anyone's watched a Girls, it gets worse. Worse with my anxiety and all these things are. Normal, right? Because ninety percent of the population, I believe that's the statistic, is going to deal with some form of
0: mental health, mental
1: health issue mm-hmm. or scenario at some point in their life. And I like to think it's a hundred percent, but that's just me. No, for I don't sure. Know I know the one person that hasn't felt some form of anxiety, that pressure. I unfortunately, um, that anxiety propelled itself into panic attacks when I was younger. We're all different, but yeah. Can you um, kind of
0: explain that, like, yeah. with your anxiety and how it was? You no, know,
1: I. I think for me, the panic attack started because um, I was 14 years old. I remember exactly where I was when I had my first panic attack. I was getting my makeup done at the town center mall in Boca Raton. Um, but I think I don't. I couldn't tell you in that like I, it was nothing in that moment. I was literally sitting there and getting my makeup done, and I just remember feeling this out of nowhere, overwhelming feeling of pressure and fear and. It was like an indescri- yeah, like indescribably horrible feeling, and mm-hmm. it was a panic attack. And I just got up. I didn't say anything, and I like ran through the mall to the bathroom. And I was just like trying to catch my breath and figure out why am I feeling this way? Why am I feeling this way? Because when you have your first panic attack or you have your first I don't anxiety attack or whatever right. it may be, you don't know what the hell is going on and yeah. why you're feeling that way. You're just like, what is this? And how do I get like how do I escape this feeling? I don't mm-hmm. I don't know what's happening. And I just remember freaking out and telling my mom and telling my dad and they didn't really know what I was saying. I'm like, I don't know how to explain it. I just, I can't breathe and I'm freaking out. And I was like, I don't, I think I even said, like, I don't even know, like, where I am right now. I just was freaked out. Because
0: your brain just goes, you know, when you're in a panic attack, yeah, it's gone.
1: Yeah. I mean, I knew I was in a mall. I don't know how to even explain it. I was, I was literally, like, having, like, an existential crisis. Like, what is life and where am I? Why am I feeling this way? And, it's not, I used to get scared probably to say it because it sounds crazy, but it's not. No. You know, like, it's right. actually very normal to have those thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like, just wondering some, like, just having feelings of, what is this place? Like, right. and what, and, and, you know, and also just navigating growing up and, and trying to figure out who you are is tough enough. So I was 14 years old, but, like, the first guy I was ever, like, Or, I had a crush on. I won't say in love. I was young. I was 14. But this Mm -hmm. guy that I really liked moved away. A a good friend of mine out here in LA had just passed away. He drowned. Mm -hmm. I lost my babysitter that year, who was like, I mean, she wasn't my babysitter anymore. I was 14. But I was very close to this woman. I grew up with her. Okay. Like every Saturday night when my parents would have date night, I would be with her. Or when they would go on a little vacation here and there, I would be with her. So she had passed away. My friend had passed away. I had a cousin pass away. I had the, the guy move away. It was just like, a lot. I You know, looking mm-hmm. back, I just had a lot of things happen at once, and I was always the person to carry everyone else's pain and handle mm-hmm. it all and balance it all. And even to this day, my friends will say, like, it is just such a part of Cassie to try to always have it together. Yeah, As much as it stresses me out, it's what makes me feel good. I like that feeling of balance and and. Being able to carry other other people and their pain. Help
0: people, yeah. Yeah,
1: but sometimes you got to help yourself. Right. Take a minute for yourself. And I didn't know how to do that as a teenager. And it propelled me into a panic
0: <laughs> attack. Because so, you were just sitting there getting makeup. But did you remember like anything going through your head in that moment? No. Or you were literally just sitting literally,
1: there? Literally like maybe I was thinking of, I, I don't remember because it was a long right. time ago. Right. I'm old now. Because you're so, um, old. I'm so <laughs> old. Um, but I just I don't know, maybe I was thinking of the guy or maybe I was thinking of, you know, just Roxanne. something that just I don't triggered. remember, but it just was a trigger and I hadn't released all these feelings yet. Right. And I it just I don't know. I I, I this what that has taught me looking back is that there's always a reason for why you feel crappy. Never right. think like, oh my god, I'm just crazy and I'm never this feeling's never gonna go away and I'm gonna be depressed or anxious or whatever forever those feelings surpass. There is right. always, as you say, a light at the end of the tunnel. Right. Or a candle in a dark room. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I learn now when I'm feeling, I don't really suffer panic attacks anymore, thank God. <laughs> yeah. I grew out of them, thank God. Um, knock on wood. shouldn't really knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that I learn now that when I'm feeling any bits of in- anxiety coming up- upon me, that I just sit there and I say, okay. Hold on a minute. Why are you feeling this way? And
0: sometimes you got to go back a few days, a yeah. week, or a month. Right. But something you've Exactly. Something that you maybe been too busy. You know, you've been so busy with a million things right now mm-hmm. with work and everything else. It could be something from two months ago that you just buried under the rug and I'll you know, I'll Which deal I'm with it another day. Really good at unfortunately. <laughs> I think <laughs> those of us that are like super busy, we yeah. do that. And I think that's our way of survival. Mm-hmm. But then it ends up biting us in the ass. It eventually. totally
1: does. It does. And that's why it's important to have me days and take time for yourself and breathe. And I'm learning to meditate. I know mean, that's, that's awesome. a big thing with in our friend group right yes. now. And the it's... love storm and all of that. But yeah, I mean I think the going back why it's so important to open up conversation to break silence to make people feel and realize that they are not alone they're not isolated or um, to not feel isolated those things are important because when you do bottle things up or you know stack these feelings of i'm not worthy i'm not good enough everyone else around me is this this and that and i'm just blah whatever it may be that mm-hmm. fill the blank that's when we run into really big issues with um, susceptibility to suicide or you know really bad bouts of depression, severe anxiety disorders. Drugs, because, alcohol, oh, all then, that course, stuff. And it comes goes in. into addiction and substance abuse and all of that as well, you're correct. Mm-hmm. And really, if we can just not feel ashamed or embarrassed to talk about ourselves and people just wouldn't judge each other so much, mm-hmm. then the world would really be a better place. Right. It's I so really simple.
0: I know. It's, it's such so simple. a simple thing that we need. But yet it's so, it's so hard. And love. like Anna Lynn always says, and then our love storm thing is where there is love, fear cannot be. Mm-hmm. Because if we all just spread this love that you're talking about, self-love, you know, support, the non-bullying, the non-judgment, then people wouldn't have all of these, you know, quote unquote fears, which are manifesting in other things, bullying and all mm-hmm. of that. Hey guys. So quick break. So if you came to my podcast launch back in August, you saw one of the vendor booths from the lovely ladies from Clone Apparel. The founder, Alex, was actually a guest on episode 10, Darkness Before Dawn, which was about suicide prevention. They specialize in apparel for every booty, men and women. I can literally go from recording this podcast to the gym to picking up the kids from school and never have to worry about them moving, scrunching, and showing my booty. They are squat-proof moisture wicking and did I mention super affordable I'm talking nothing over $40 you can find them on Facebook or on Instagram at clone apparel that's k-l-o-n apparel and the link to their website is in the bio if you use my discount code candle in a dark room one word you will get 20% off so make sure you check them out because I know you'll be obsessed too i remember i think it was a couple i don't remember the exact date you'll have to tell me but when all of this stuff happened in the south in florida i believe mm-hmm. um and there was a shooting our, at your school, school yeah your high school that you went to mm-hmm. can i remember Watching again, this is when I like followed you and I had no idea I'd like meet oh, you and be friends with you God. one day. So it's super funny. But like I remember watching your reaction to that, and yeah. literally you were laying in bed and you were just sobbing and like <laughs> heartbroken about everything that happened. Can you kind of explain? Because I feel I'm like not that's when the
1: scenario I'm laughing about how pathetic I am when I put, when I
0: when I black <laughs> out and post these horrible <laughs> videos. No, it's myself. not because. Again, it's one of the things that makes people realize that you're, like, really authentic with what you do. And so that's when I feel like Buddha bullying kind of hit a peak as well Mm -hmm. because you were super, like, now I really need to, like, step it up and do all this stuff.
1: Because there is the aspect of the climate in the schools. Right.
0: And so can you kind of explain what your thoughts were and everything when that happened and how you kind of reacted inside and emotionally?
1: You get this feeling of you want to protect immediately. You want to be the hero for your community because that is your beloved hometown. Those are the hallways that shaped you. These are your underclassmen. You want to like carry all of them through and for everything to be okay and for none of it to have happened and for it all to just unwind. And the worst part is that you can't, it just, you you can't. And um, what you can do is take the proper steps to try your best to ensure safer schools, which is, to ensure safer schools, which is what I'm doing right now with the documentary. I have one coming out. It's called Code Red. I'm an executive producer on it, but I won't get into that topic right now. But point is, is that, you know, in that moment, all you want to do, or at least all I wanted to do as an alum, you know, was to be with my community. And the, I just remember the worst feeling in the world was knowing I had to fly the complete opposite direction. I had to leave for a movie.
0: I was going to say you were going somewhere to mm-hmm. Romania.
1: And I just, I don't, you asked like that feeling. And it was just one of those moments in my life where I would describe the feeling as indescribable, like yeah. in a, in a in the bad way. There was just like, it was a very overwhelming feeling. It was nothing that i had ever felt before. I had felt major grief from losses, you know, in my life or breakups or heartbreaks, whatever it may be. But this was mm-hmm. like just, you know, I also lost my best friend. My best friend was murdered, you know, and that was a totally separate indescribably awful feeling, but this was just really nothing i would ever felt before because I, I don't know, it was nothing I've ever felt. And I just remember being overseas and just like bawling my eyes out every night, just like alone, not alone. I had, you know, my cast, but like I did, I felt so far away and, and alone. And I felt helpless. And well, and no one was as connected as
0: you were because that was yeah. your school. And they and were so, so
1: loving and understanding. Right, But, you know, obviously you don't understand a specific feeling. and It made me realize because I had always felt horrible whenever I had heard of a mass shooting. Obviously. right, Terrible. Disgusting. Like, not enough bad words. Um, But when it's your own hometown, there is this
0: close to your heart close feeling. Close to
1: your heart feeling anger. Anger. There's an anger, like a Rage. I'm, I was so angry and I knew one of the, the victims and it was just, ugh, it is terrible. It was absolutely terrible and I um, immediately was like, okay, what can I do from afar? So I put together like a 25, 30 minute YouTube video. I was like, I don't know what else to do with all of the people, the impactful people that I knew um, to send over to Douglas. I was on the phone with the vice president there. I was just, I was just reaching out to everybody and I was heartbroken, utterly heartbroken and what we do now is we move forward and you know i feel like our community has become so strong they always were but even you know more so and they're just ready to make changes and they've been and and, and it's frustrating because it's two years later and you know there was just this shooting in saugus and there's a lot of things that i believe this documentary is going to expose um we're not going any super political routes. this isn't right or left but it's right down the middle, Safer Schools, it is cold hard facts and things that we really need to put into place. So, so the movie,
0: is it talking about specifically, you know, these type of incidences? It's,
1: it's safer, it's to promote...
0: How to cancer. have safer
1: schools? Safer schools, and it's uh, due to certain policies. Okay. When you watch the film, it, um, it'll really explain that in depth. Okay. And um, also we have a, a, a segment that we added on mental health because it was so sad, you know, a year later we started recognizing major survivor's guilt within right. the student body. Mm-hmm. And um, they have many therapists that are on campus that are in these portables for the students, but it's just, I don't know, it's, it, they're just really, they're really suffering. Even and,
0: still to this day? Yeah when these shootings happen those of us especially because we're not right there Mm -hmm. we're like oh my gosh i can't believe it was two years ago that's so sad but you picture okay but everyone in the school's back probably back to normal and everything's okay but like you said it's a trauma that now they have to go through and it's going to take some of them you know years if not the rest of their lives to heal from Mm -hmm. so what do you, how do you explain to somebody what to do who's been through like not necessarily that type of trauma but trauma in general
1: you know i think at the end of the day every scenario is going to be different right mm-hmm. every person's different i just think the only thing i can say if i'm if i'm speaking on such a wide range of mm-hmm. issues is do not hold anything in right like don't feel ashamed to seek therapy i personally think everybody should be in therapy. Right. Uh-huh. I, I don't know why I'm not. I was just
0: thinking
1: this this weekend. I'm like, I really want to get into therapy. You're I'm always, like, reposting me. my this things,
0: thing I which I love, them. like, them. about therapy and stuff. And I'm like, she totally is on board with all the stuff I post. Please. I love it. Which, again, it's, you know, I love that people can see that you support that because oh, yeah. it's such a big deal. And so for you to be like, you know, you need, everybody should do therapy, Every I think is so the great.
1: World. Like, I... Sitting here right now, there's not like one thing in my head. I'm not like, oh, I need it for this. Everybody, we're just humans. Like right. every every day, you know, not every day, but like- Shit happens. Many parts of the day, shit happens. Yeah. And like, w- we tend to get down on ourselves, or we get stressed, or I put too much work on my plate. Yeah. Whatever it may be, I just think for anybody suffering from any form of trauma or mental illness, whatever it may be, the number one thing is that's okay really that's it's okay like I've suffered you've we've all suffered Mm -hmm. from something and some people have suffered more and some people have suffered less that doesn't make you more or less I think people who suffer more (laughs) sorry for the people who don't but like and great for you but like I, I do I would like to say that like people who have suffered and gone through really traumatic experiences in their life tend to be the most empathetic beautiful strong just incredible people and champions of change and they seem to be a lot of the voices that we need in society Mm -hmm. so yeah it's breaking the silence it's people need people like we just do like you know it's it's being able to not feel ashamed and to just be vulnerable because vulnerable really like these are all words vulnerability is just being real that's all vulnerable is right thinking about like what does that mean to be vulnerable it means that i'm there's no wall, right. so what does that mean? I'm being real. Mm-hmm. And I think that people are just so afraid because we do live in a world, and this you know, social media-driven world as well, where people want to hate and this and that, but like at the end of the day, you know who you are. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. Right. Get the help you need, learn how to love yourself. We can't change the past, you have to accept it all, and just know that with all the bad things that have happened, they're going to propel you into something incredible. It's really about mindset. Like every single day, the sun's going to go up and the sun's going to go down. It hasn't changed from the day you're born to the day that you will exit this earth. Mm -hmm. And when you think of good days and bad days, what's the only difference? It's the way you perceive them. It's your mindset. It's the scenarios that you are in. So try to find good people. Surround yourself with with love and people that lift you up. And I have to remind myself of that very often here in L.A. because it is a tough city with a Mm -hmm. lot of Interesting people, <laughs> but yeah, it's just know your are loved, and I know people hear that so much, so it probably becomes stale to them. Mm-hmm. But you are like you are loved, and if you feel like no one in the world loves you, I love you. Hey, okay,
0: me, yeah, you just have to reach out to the right place. And also, because of social media nowadays, that's another reason you can instead of looking at the negative, there's a lot of, a lot of positive, you there's can reach out, there's support groups, oh exactly.
1: God. So many, and like I was in a Larry Moss's um an acting coach, I was uh, auditing his masterclass a week and a half ago. And I remember he said something kind of about this. Obviously, it was to do with acting in the scene and living your truth. And in the moment, I still think acting class is like therapy anyway. But he said, (laughs) don't like anything you feel you're feeling, you know, or whatever it may be in your life, like look around you. We're all humans. He's like, everybody here has dealt with it or more. Like there's Mm -hmm. not one person in this room right now that hasn't dealt with something. Something weird, something crazy, something bizarre, something that makes us feel like, oh my god, I think that, I think that these thoughts, or I am that person, or I suffer these things, like every single person has gone through something. Right. So I think the most important thing is truly, and and it's, like honestly, I'm telling you just knowing there's a light at the end of the tunnel, like I swear there's been moments in my life where there's been a cloud above my head that has felt so dark like no this is I know people say that but this is not going away it Mm. does it always will you have to find that that little ounce of strength one step at a time just to get the help you need to speak to the person you need to speak to to do something that makes you happy whatever it is like you're worth it and you're gonna have so much to show for and I just I just it upsets me because I know that feeling that some people feel you know
0: that they can't get
1: out it's that hopelessness but like I just promise it. Always.
0: Doesn't last forever.
1: No. Even if it feels like it will. Right. (laughs) It doesn't.
0: I think that's such great advice. And with what you're doing now, how what's your coping mechanisms for when you deal with like high stress and things like that, when life becomes Mm -hmm. too much, what what are things that you do that work?
1: Huh. I love, this is like a a big thing because it's not something I can do every day, but I love going home to my family. I make sure that I set aside a good amount of time each year to do that. I love being with... My nieces and my parents and my siblings, and yeah, I love just being around. I guess really that simple answer is the people that love me and know me. And Your know, community, yeah, my community, my people. I love to have friends over and just mm-hmm. call the night, like take the night off work because I tend to work late nights. And my computer's here on my table. I'll like eat while doing things, I'll you know, yeah, I'll take the, like, the night off and be like. Look, I deserve this night, cause it, mm-hmm. in life I feel like we just trade hours for things, mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, time is so special, and every right. minute you're living is a fucking miracle, blessing, right. everything. So I'll just call it off. Like not, I just this is more important for me to feel good right now, and to just be around the people I love, and I'll have my friends over, and we'll watch movies, and eat a bunch of food, and just hang out and hang out. I also love to work out, you know. I love to do go on a, like a really nice hike. And I put my earbuds in and listen to some like I don't know soothing music. I just think for everybody it's different, but it's whatever makes you feel good. That's how you cope with something. Take take the time to let yourself feel good because life is short, you know. Mm -hmm. Go to the movie. Go go see a movie. If you know, go go to a fun dinner. Have some sushi. Like just take that time.
0: Like, take the time. I know. That's the thing, too. People are like, I'm sorry. I'm going to tell anybody right now. If you don't eat carbs, like, ever, you have. To you need to. Person. You're going to be miserable your whole life. I'm I've scared. tried it multiple times.
1: I promise. It doesn't work. Keto does not make me happy. <laughs> no. Um, no, I do live a very low-carb life, but I have to have carbs.
0: No. So. I, like, I've done the keto, and I'm like, okay, I, I'm going to do it. I'm, like, I'm not going to do carbs. I'm going to do it. But for real, like, after a few weeks, I'm like, all right, forget it. I need some, like, pasta. I need some carbohydrates in my life.
1: Literally, pasta, pizza. Comfort. <laughs> cupcakes. Whatever yeah. it is for you. For me, it's pizza.
0: Yeah, you're Italian, right? hmm Yeah, you, your dad is? My mom and your dad. Your mom and dad. Okay, so. yeah. According
1: where to my 23andMe, there's a couple other little things in there, like, you know, but mainly Italian. There's, like, we just found, we, me and my sister did it, we um, we had, like, middle eastern we had spanish portuguese oh we had greek yeah that's, that's so cool,
0: cool. things in there that's really like
1: cool. egyptian sick
0: i think that's so cool to look at your like your ancestry and see it's that really cool. i still haven't done it but like my aunts have and so the stuff that i've seen on there is so i'm like ooh, i need to do it because i so interesting. interested next
1: you because like, my sister did it, a couple of my cousins it like Connects you. It's like, okay, this is your sister. Like, yeah, so it's real. like it's definitely like, oh boy. I actually
0: had a cousin. This is kind of funny, but my cousin did it, and she like got a message from another cousin that we didn't know we had. That my, her dad didn't even know she had existed. And so, like, it came around, and now, like, she's in our family and stuff, but we didn't know. So, the only reason she found her dad was because of ancestry from finding my cousin. Crazy. Like, it's so crazy it's how it so works. It's
1: so cool how these, how these apps can do that now. Yeah. You know?
0: It's kind of scary if you think about it. But so, what are you you know doing right now? What's kind of your next step with everything? Yeah. Are you Doing anything super exciting As and big? Of
1: tomorrow, I go back to season two of my podcast, which is okay. two and half Girls
0: hilarious Um, you guys like seriously (laughs) listen to it it's literally just like her and her friends bullshitting like i love it like
1: it's it was it's been the only thing in my life that i've done that's really raw and authentic and i am unapologetic for just having fun with. well and that's another
0: coping thing just being completely honest and raw about everything i think that's really cool how you guys do that yeah
1: we have really fun guests oh my god on wednesday we have the guys from Magic Mike Live. <laughs> <gasps> no. Oh my gosh, that is yeah. awesome. And okay, I'm excited to hear really that one tomorrow. So um which will be Tuesday. So we're excited to have them on on Wednesday, and we got some really fun <laughs>
0: yeah. So make sure you guys listen yes, to that, Two and a Half Girls. And why is it called song. Two and a Half Girls? Right? And
1: I was like, what does that mean? So it's me. <laughs> and they don't have,
0: like, a midget or, like, someone super no, short. That's, it's, it's me, that's funny.
1: our best girlfriend, my best girlfriend, Laura, and one of my best guy, gay guy friends. <laughs> and that's why I love it, because
0: he's so funny, <laughs> and too. And
1: he's, like, the girl of us. Yes, I
0: love it. It's so So in our cute. main
1: picture, he's, like, in the dress, and her and I are in tuxes. But, um, so cute. But, yeah, so Two and a Half Girls, um, music is always happening. I'm really excited to finally put music out, hopefully soon.
0: It, by the way, if you don't know, Cassie is an incredible singer. Thank we are you. actually, it's in the works, but we are going to hopefully have her sing for someone. Yeah. One some one of our love tour
1: benefits. So, we really
0: want to do that because I, I think your voice that. is amazing. So.
1: Thank you so much. So, yeah, and I'm, you know, executive producing the doc right now. And, okay. And um, all this just... More acting is coming your way? Acting is always happening on and off. There's no project that I'm shooting right now. I just finished Grand Hotel. And I'm also being a little more choosy with the projects that I choose. So um, yeah, you know, just getting older and taking certain things seriously. So being smart with that, but that'll never go away. I'll be acting until literally the day I die. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I mean,
0: is acting such a coping skill? Like for really? people who don't know anything about really what acting entails, like you said, you go into these characters, you get, you know, sometimes triggered by certain scenes mm-hmm. that will, you know, make things, your feelings come up and that real authentic cry and, yeah. you know, what, how is acting for you?
1: It's weird because you said that real authentic cry and my, like, eyes went like, yeah, this, like
0: happy <laughs> thing I did. Yeah.
1: Obviously, they can't see me, but it's because that feeling of when you reach a certain depth of a character to where you are truly organically being mm-hmm. and acting and just sobbing or screaming or whatever it is, is such a release, like, on your normal human psyche. Like, mm-hmm. it feels really good sometimes. And sometimes you have to relive things and those things hurt, too. Or maybe you needed to get through something that happened in the past that you never really got over. And this scene or this character, whatever it may be, is able to get you over that hump. I don't know, but I all I do know is that there's this little feeling when you do hit those decks that I remember somebody once calling another actor the rock star moment. Mm. And I was like, why do you call it that? But like, I just couldn't, have, I, I always wanted to be a rock star and would envision like that insane high they would feel natural high right. on a stage, just looking out to the audience, screaming their lyrics, hitting just that you note, know, just like living on that stage. And right. he was like, when I'm on set and I hit that moment in a scene where I'm just letting go or bawling my eye, whatever it may be. And it's just like, because I've done the research and I'm feeling and whatever, I'm just feeling Mm -hmm. is my rockstar moment. So I think of that a lot of times when I'm, when I'm filming things, like I'm like, Oh, I just have, I got to have a rockstar moment today. Those don't happen too often. That was so cool. (laughs) Not every scene is that. Right. So yeah, I I love it. And it's definitely therapeutic. It's definitely my everything. I, I, I love that. It's
0: thing. so cool. My daughter wants to be an actress more than anything. Aww. So I love it. Get it, girl. I know. She she does. So that's her she goal. She she
1: could, so she does. Yes, she, she will. will.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so with, with what's happening with Buddha bullying, is there any specific thing that's coming up with mm-hmm. what you guys are doing?
1: Well, I mean, there's always things happening. I was trying to think, is it's too far in advance? But on our end, we're already planning for it. It's our Big annual event called Deserts Got Talent that happened mm. in the desert, Palm Springs. Oh, how cool. And right now we're looking for a really cool headliner and um, award recipients. Last year we had Laura Morano and Vanessa Morano, mm. who are such incredible actresses and females and people. Yes. And just, oh my God, they're amazing. And um, we also gave an award to two of our parents who the mother is a part of our Mothers Against Bullying programming. She goes and spreads awareness. She lost her child due to suicide, um, due to bullying and is incredible women so we're just gearing up right now looking at who we want to award this year and who we want to perform and the talent is always so great it's so much fun oh that's so we're awesome we're really looking to pack out the house this year yeah
0: you have to let me know oh, when that, that is because I would real. love to attend that I'm yeah.
1: going to Palm Springs actually on Wednesday right after that podcast with the magic men guys we're in the running for a really big grant which we're really excited about Ooh. So there's always things happening. Yeah, in exciting innovation. things,
0: just changing the world one thing at a time. I am. <laughs> well, Cassie is involved in a love storm as well, so she's gonna be in that, and I'm super excited for everything that's happening. I Meaning. The Love Storm, I love it because it's bringing all of these different organizations together that have the same idea yeah. and saving the world, saving children, doing all these things. And I just love it. So
1: um,
0: what is your, Instagram, your guys Instagram name so we can make sure everybody can follow you? And-
1: Absolutely. So for the charity, it's at boo number two, bullying, boo Two bullying. For my podcast, it's at two and a half girls. I am at Cassie Skirbo, and what else am I doing right now? <laughs> <laughs> what other handles can I give you? I mainly use Instagram but you can find me on Facebook Sandra Skurbo. you can find Buddha Bullying and Two and a Half Girls under those names in, on Facebook and also you can find me and those other two handles on Twitter, the same as Instagram.
0: Cool. Yeah, so make sure you guys, you know, check out our podcast, check out our page, everything that she's doing because, like I said, this girl's got a million things going on, so you want to make sure you stay up to date on everything. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this with me. I seriously just you're amazing and when i first met you i was like she's just so authentic and i you don't meet very many people like that in hollywood you don't meet people that are just like real and raw and like really love what they do and actually love what they're doing to change the world and so i just had to have you on and you're just amazing thank you for having me yes i love you girl thank you i love you and you guys make sure you follow my page at candle in a dark room and we will talk to you